unseasoned greatness comes with years of achievement, experiences, and challenges. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the third episode of Podcast with Sheila. It's a pleasure and a delight to have come your way again, and I'm glad you're listening. A very big thank you to all our listeners and all our subscribers. We are happy that you enjoy the work we are doing, and we thank you so much for your support. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about greatness. Let's look at the definition of great. Great, the most pleasant definition I like is of more importance than others of its kind. Another word for great is excellent or large. Now let's look at the opposite opposite word for great. Tiny, mediocre or ordinary. Why the topic great? I believe that greatness is something we all should be desiring to achieve. Great people always start small. I'll emphasize. Greatness doesn't come easy. Greatness comes with a lot of work, a lot of determination, a lot of hard work and commitment. Greatness just does not start without any effort. It starts from the mind. Why would I talk about greatness? I believe that as human beings here on earth, we have to live our lives such that we'll be able to impact our generation and the generation after us, such that when we are no more, people will look back and they will thank God for our lives for existing because we were able to make an impact on their lives as well. Let me take you through the life journey of the clay in the potter's house in relation to our lives as human beings here on earth. Now the potter goes to the quarry or wherever he picks his clay and picks the clay loosely in the loose form, like as in sand. He brings the clay to his house or his potter's house or his workshop. He mixes the clay with water into paste. He sieves the clay and gets the debris or the waste out of the clay. He then pours the clay or his paste into a mold to dry the clay such that the clay becomes malleable. At this stage, the potter has given the clay an added property or has made the hidden property of clay as malleable come out because he had picked it up in its loose state and in that raw loose state, The clay was not exhibiting the property of malleability. But when he brought it to his workshop, washed it or mixed it with water, sieved it to get all the stones and all the leaves and all the debris and all the waste out, he was able to bring the the clay to a next stage where the clay was beginning to show another attribute or another characteristic that was hidden. Now, let me relate this to our human life. As babies, as we come out of our mother's wombs, you don't really see, you don't really see the purpose of our lives right on our faces or in our lives at the moment. You don't really see exactly what we were 
created to be right as babies. Some you could you could see that with some babies, but it's very very difficult to see it visually. Like as you see the baby, see what it will become in future. It takes years. So as the child grows, the mother or the parents shape or model or mold the child to come up as what they want to be. So you see that the quality of a human being as they grow up would would have been influences from her household influences from the community she grew up in from the people around her from every challenge or experience the child has gone in now let me put a hold on that and come back to the clay as so i'll keep relating the clay and our human life as we go along in talking about greatness in this episode so the porter gets the clay out of the mold now in its malleable state work it or knead it to get an even consistency in texture as needed as you're kneading dough for bread so he needs the dough he needs the bread sorry he needs the um, the clay such that the clay becomes has even consistency or is even texture and then takes a piece of it and puts it on the um, porter's wheel this is time for shaping now so he puts the clay on the porter's wheel with some water and try to ship the clay up to take the form he has in mind so he works it such that he's able to put it in the shape of a plate or of a bowl or of a mug or whatever you would want to call it relating this bit to our human life this is where our parents gives us the values of life try to tell us what is good for what is wrong right shapes our life such that we become better adults all this while our parents try to instill in us qualities of greatness so then they tell you don't take something that does not belong to you You speak to the adults with respect you do this you do that so they instill in you qualities of so in all that process you're being shaped up you're being shaped up and then we go to school and then we start our education and all that and everything comes with challenges now i want to draw the emphasis here that in growing in growing as human beings or in our life experiences or our life journeys every stage of our life comes with a challenge as we were born we had childhood challenges and as we grew up we have adolescent challenges we have young adult challenges in school we'll have challenges in school where we may have challenges with our maths work with our english work with our science work or even with friends or with one bully in the school or in the class so these are challenges that comes along with it but challenges are not meant to break us let me emphasize on that again challenges are not meant to break us in natural sense challenges are meant to soften us challenges are meant to strengthen us challenges are meant to prepare us for the task ahead because as we grow up the ladder the challenges we meet gets tougher and tougher but as we build ourselves as we build our defenses against challenges and we meet them they don't break us but we rather break them going back to the story of a clay so the porter shapes it up puts it in the form that he wants cleans it gets it off the porter's wheel allow it to dry and then it goes into the next stage which is the kiln or the oven or you'd see the fire for baking so he puts the pot or his piece of work in the kiln and allow it to bake in the furnace for a while then when it's baked he brings it out 
Now, when it's baked or when it's being baked, that is a challenge for the porter because it's going to be going through fire for it to maintain its shape as a durable pot or as a durable piece of work. This is where we may be going through tougher, tougher challenges in our lives. Tougher challenges in our lives. Now, let me pause here and give you an example of a challenge I'll be talking about relating to my life. In the previous episode, I had spoken to you about having polycystic ovarian syndrome and not knowing I'll be able to have children because that was what the doctor said to me because both my ovaries had shrunk and for that reason it was not possible for me to have children of my own which I never believed many years down the line God through prayers ruled that out and then it was rectified now I'm going to jump quickly straight into childbirth now that was another challenge in my life so I was hoping to have children and when I met my husband, I told him straight away that, look, I cannot have children because I was told I can't have children. He looked at me and said, I don't see you as somebody who cannot have children. All that while my menstrual cycle has kicked in and I was menstruating, but I still had it at the back of my mind that I couldn't have children. So I had to make it known to him in the earlier stages. And he said to me, you don't look to me like somebody who cannot have children. So I don't want to hear that. So we started trying for children and I still had the fear in my head because I'd never been pregnant. I didn't know how it is to be pregnant. I didn't know how, anything about pregnancy and all of these were challenges to me. So we, we tried the first time and I had a miscarriage. I had an atopic pregnancy, so it had to be taken out. And it was one bitter stage of my life you know because I didn't have any hope I didn't even know I could be pregnant suddenly I get pregnant and I thought it was malaria went to the hospital this series of tests they couldn't find out any malaria parasite in my bloodstream they didn't find anything they just said well we just have to keep waiting we went back we went to do a test for typhoid we didn't find anything then later on we went and then it was a positive test for pregnancy and we we're very excited about it just to think of a fact that they said you will not be able to have children and suddenly you are pregnant so we were hopeful and looking forward to this beautiful bundle of joy then after four months i go for my first scan and i was told that the baby has stopped developing so the baby stopped developing at two at the on the second month so at month two the baby stopped developing but i carried it on for further two months so they took the baby out they washed my system and all that and then i went away in sorrow and in pain but one thing i remember was that i said god if you gave me the first one and if you've proved proved me right that i can have a child again then i know you'll give me another one so i was hopeful and then i had a child going back to the pot so there are challenges at every stage of our life as we grow up somebody once said that there is a challenge as you grow up as you go to school there's a challenge when you get married and want to have children there is a challenge when you're looking for a job and when you find a job there is a challenge there's a challenge after the job so at every stage of our lives there are challenges 
but these challenges are meant to toughen us. They are meant to build us for greater challenges up the ladder. So I gave up for the first time, gave my body some time to heal and all that. And then surprisingly, unexpectedly, I got pregnant again. And this time we were very careful of the environment around us, of where we were and everything. We're just sensitive because we wanted to have this child. So I traveled to be with my husband overseas and to have a child. It was a beautiful pregnancy, I would say. It was a pregnancy that we looked forward to seeing the child. It was a pregnancy of ultimate joy. Surprisingly, I had a son. And in my background or from my mother's house, male children are very, very rare. So in every generation, there is one person who will have a male son or who will have a son. And then that will be it. So in my grandmother's generation, he had a son. And in my mother's generation, my mother had a son. And that was it. So her other siblings, nobody had a son. And I think there are eight of them. None of them had the son. It was just my mom. Then in my generation so far, out of six grandchildren or seven grandchildren, I think, I am the only one with a, with, a, with a son. So we were excited about this pregnancy. Just to think of the fact that I couldn't have a child, they said. And in that generation, my generation, I was the one with a male child. So male children are really valued in my house. Now this came with a challenge. Having a male son came with a challenge. I had to be on my feet all the time, praying to secure the life of this challenge. Now, if I'm telling you that from generations past, male children were not easy having in my family, then you should know that this comes with a challenge. So having a male child came with a challenge. And I had to be on my feet daily, praying to secure the life of my son till today. So every stage in our lives comes with a challenge. Going back, in relation to the life of the clay in the potter's house. So the, the clay goes into the kiln for the first time to be baked to maintain the shape the potter gave it. And then it is brought out to cool. It is glazed. This is where you polish the clay or you put, in simple terms, you put color on the clay, so it, on the piece of wood. So if you want a white plate or a white mug, or you want a flower on it, or whatever it is you want, this is the time you're going to be doing that. So this is the time to beautify the piece of work. And when the, the, the piece of work is glazed, or when color is added to it, is you wait for it to dry, and then take it back into the kiln for that color to be maintained, and then that color to become luxurious, or to, be, to glow on the pot, piece of pot, to make it look great. So the, the clay has been subjected twice into the kiln, twice into the furnace. The clay has had to go through hardship in the fire two times. So even in the life of a clay, you can imagine the hardship that the clay had, had to be subjected to, to come out in a refined, polished state where you and I will see it on the shelf in the shop and will admire it and say, I want to have this. So even if the a piece of clay is going through such toughened times to become pleasant in our eyes. 
What about we human beings? So the challenges will come to toughen, to polish us, to make us look pleasant in the eyes of people. So when we see people who are great and we desire to be like them, let us not forget that they may have gone through their polishing state. They may have gone through their finance state. They may have gone through stages of experiences and challenges to be where they are. And let's remember that in being great, you will definitely have to go through that. Now, let me draw a line through what I will call pure greatness and then unpure greatness. Now, the pure greatness is what I will term as greatness from hard work and from the blessings of God. The one that you'll be able to beat your chest and say that this is what I actually did to obtain this. That is what I will call pure greatness. Just because we want to be known as of more importance from our peers does not mean that we have to go the wrong way to obtain greatness. What would I call the wrong way? The wrong way is when you have to kill somebody to acquire greatness or when you have to steal somebody's dreams to acquire greatness. When you have to obtain greatness through dubious means is what I would call the unpure greatness and that is not what I'm promoting here. I am promoting the kind of greatness that you have worked out genuinely from your own self. That you know that this greatness has been worked from a pure state. This is the kind of greatness I'm talking about. The one that when you have lived your life, people will remember you for what you did. And they will always cherish you for being in that generation. Many years back, I had said to myself and I've prayed this prayer that God... I want to be an asset to my generation and not a liability. And I believe that this prayer went forth and is working in my life because I never want to live my life as a liability that people will come into contact with me and they would not want me to be around because I am a liability. No, I want to live my life as an asset that when people meet me, they would always be glad they did. They will always be glad that at that point in their lives that I was in their life. That is what I have purported to live my life as. And I think that in being great, it starts in the mind. You have to be determined about it. You have to be deliberate about it. People may be born into greatness, but will not end up great. Just because they did not have the mind of greatness. Their grandparents or their fathers may have had the mind of greatness and may have passed wealth onto them, may have passed greatness onto them, but they could not maintain greatness because they did not have the mind of greatness. And that is another thing we have to note, that greatness starts in the mind. To be great starts in the mind and it is a deliberate action and a will to do. And until we have realized that that is how to build greatness the genuine way, we will not be able to get there. Going back into the piece, the pot of uh, clay, or into the piece from the potter's house. So it is it is glazed, it is baked, and it comes out polished and looking great and nice. And then it is taken onto the shelf to be sold. This is where you and I will see this piece of work on, on in the shop on the shelf and will desire to have it in our homes. We get this piece and bring it into our homes. Now you remember that the life of this piece and its challenges ha hasn't ended there. It keeps going on and on. So we bring it into a household, we use it, we cherish it for a while, we use it and use it and use it until at a point when we think, oh my God, we've had enough of it, but we don't want to throw it away yet because it's a good piece. The, the, the clay or the plate will have to prove itself 
in our homes as being a good peace that is when it hardly gives way or it continues to maintain its quality as we bought it from the shop then it has to prove itself to us that is a good piece so then the owner would want to keep hanging on to it or using it for a long time because it's been able to prove itself as a quality piece of piece piece for us to keep in our human life as we go along i believe that we have to live our life like that when we are no more and even in when we are in existence that people will desire desire to keep having us because they see us as a treasure because they they treasure us for being in their lives we live our lives such that people will be glad that we are in it for them people will be glad that we are in their circle the people will be glad that they have us in our lives and this is the the part of the the piece of plate in our house where we are glad that we have it because it's serving its purpose because it's living its life because it's proving itself so the the owner of the plate continues to keep this plate until he or she thinks that okay i've used it too much let me put it on the side or until one day when the plate slips out of his hands and then it falls to the ground but remember because the plate is of good importance or good value to the owner the owner picks it up and mends it because he still has use for it let's reflect on our lives now as we pause and think can we confidently say that at this point in our lives when we are no more we will be remembered can we confidently say that at this point in our lives when we are sick and broken that the people around us will wish to have us come back because they feel that our lives make a, a valued impact in their lives so they don't want us to go yet can we confidently say that this is the life of a great person now recently i had a story about a professor called professor ogunbiyi this is a nigerian professor he is a colorectal surgeon and the story is said that he was infected by the covid-19 He was a professor at the Royal Free Hospital. I believe this is the hospital of the queens and of the dignitaries and the big people of England. And he was infected by the COVID-19, but his colleagues refused to let him die. So they brought the best professionals, the best doctors to attend to him just because they said he was an asset to them and they wouldn't allow him to die. Can any of us you and i listening today say genuinely that we have lived our lives such that or we are living our lives such that if anything of this sort should happen to us that people around us our families our loved ones our friends will be willing to have us come back to them because they feel that there is more to our life than they've experienced and they keep they want to keep having us around This is all about being great. You may not be great in the terms of monetary values, but all of that comes along with greatness. The desire for people to live and see you every day is a blessing and it is great. Now, I am privileged to have come from a background that I wouldn't really say was great, but it was. Back in the years my grandfather was the IGP of Ghana back in the year so many years ago. 
And when I was in the university, like I said in my previous episodes, in my first year, I came out with a first class honors. So the university has offered to give me accommodation on campus because the university was quite big. So when we went in, we couldn't, first year students wouldn't secure places in on campus. So all first year students lived off campus. And then after you come in by merit or by submit on campus. So second year, after first year, when I've proved myself and I've had first class, I was offered a place on campus to stay. And even at that, you have to be on campus earlier enough to be able to secure a good room. So I lived in Accra then, I lived in the city then, and my university was in Kumase, and that is about four hours and a few minutes by road. Then, so I woke up very early in the morning that day to head off for school, just so that I'll be there on time to get a good room for myself. I got there, I think we were about the a few people that had come there, we were the second people, myself and a friend of mine, were the second people to have joined the queue. We had to wait for the hall master to come in, waited in the queue for the hall master to come in. All this while I knew, I knew that I was going to get a very good room because I was there on time one. Besides, I had merited it to have a room on campus. So I waited for me to be called into the office, for my room to be um, given to me. And then when I entered the, the room, the hall master looked at me from head to toe and asked, are you this and that? And I said, yes. Was this man your grandfather? And I said, yes. Oh, so then it means that this man is your uncle. And I said, yes. And he laughed. <laughs> and he said, your uncle was a, such, was a very bad person. He was a very bad man. And when we were in school, he took my girlfriend away from me. And I think this man had been in pain for years. And I had to face a punishment for that because... He said that to me. He said, okay, go out and wait for me. When I'm ready for you, I'll call you and assign your room to you. I waited and waited. Somebody who had been there in the morning and was part of the first people in the in the queue. He had to assign every room to all the people. And I was the last person he assigned a room to. And he gave me the worst of the rooms. Just because of somebody's behavior, that shouldn't have affected me. My grandfather was a great person. My uncles were great people. They had learned, they are doctors and lawyers and all of that. But along the line, some of them, or a few of them out of childhood, no pleasures and all, they have done a few things. Why should I, as a niece, have to be punished for that? So greatness at a point when we claim it upon ourselves. So as I claimed my grandfather's greatness, in a way, had affected me through the attitudes of some of my uncles. So I'm still going to talk about greatness. Our greatness should be such that it cannot be tarnished. You know, and when we are living in somebody's greatness to be able to obtain our greatness, we, we have to make sure not to tarnish it because others will have to live through it to obtain their greatness. We'll have to be able to do that with ease and not have to struggle because along the line, somebody who enjoyed the greatness that was leveled to them on their tarnished it and others could not enjoy it as well. Let's live our lives such that we'll be a blessing to all people around us, to our generations and everyone that comes behind us. Looking back at the challenges I've gone through in life, I don't have a regret. Trust me, 
our challenges are what shape us and make us what we are today. If I had not gone through these challenges, I don't think I'll be here encouraging you or I wouldn't even have a story to tell you to be able to look up to and say, oh, if Sheila went through it, I shouldn't be able to go through it. Everybody has a story to tell. Great people have interesting stories to tell. Cherish your humble beginnings. Cherish your your challenges. Cherish the life experiences you're going through. Cherish them all. You're on to something. You're on to places. If you don't have a challenge, you, you should even be worried because then you know you're not going anywhere. Well, you may be born with a silver spoon in your mouth. And I've seen thousands of people born with silver spoons in their mouth who don't really go anywhere or at the slightest challenge, they break down. But I'd love to say that challenges always softens us up and prepares us for the next level ahead. So we should cherish our challenges. I would like to say a big thank you to everybody who has listened to me to the end. And I'm glad that you listened. I'm glad that you are going on this journey of greatness with me. It's a pleasure to have come back by your way today. And I'm hoping to see you again or hear from you again. Or I'm hoping to come your way again two weeks from now. Until then, you've been listening to Podcast with Sheila. And I'm out. Have a blessed week. Shalom.